going to be blessed because we're hearing a testimony from our pastor's wife. As you know, our pastor, Paul Saboran, is up with the men and the men's retreat. And so we just uh, get to hear a, wonderful, a couple wonderful testimonies. And we're going to start with our pastor's wife, our lovely, sweet, um, gentle-spirited pastor's wife, Sandra Saboran. Am I doing this right? Okay. Uh, well, thank you for um, being here. <laughs> and uh, I have special friends here who are here today, and I just want to really just, you mean so much to me. So let's see where to get started. So I have lots of pages like Paul does. But the reason I have lots of pages is because um, my eyesight isn't what it used to be. So I've actually got large font. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I'll just get started, and uh, we'll see how this goes, okay? So um, let's see here. So when Paul told me that he was having, they were having this idea about having a testimony Sunday, I got all excited. I love testimonies. I love hearing testimonies. I love giving my testimony. Um, to be honest, I, I can't think of anything more wonderful than hearing about what God is doing in someone's life. So... Um, just to get started, um, I'm also a word person, so let me um, just tell you, I looked up the word testimony in Webster, and so I'm going to give you some definitions, and we're just going to kick it off with that. So the first definition is that a testimony is a firsthand authentic authentication of a fact, so evidence. The second is it's a solemn declaration made orally by a witness. And the third... It's an open acknowledgement. And fourth, it's a public profession of a religious experience. So now having that understanding, uh, when I started to consider uh, the testimonies the, that the Lord has given me, I was able to identify four types. So this is how I think, so this is what you're getting. <laughs> uh, four types of testimonies, but I'm sure there's a lot more out there. But obviously there's the salvation testimony, there's the healing testimony, there's deliverance testimonies, and what I call God's faithfulness testimonies. So just to let you know that today, I am going to uh, be putting all those together <laughs> into one testimony. So, all right, and let me get some water. All right, so... As I started to pray about what I would share, I was reminded of a story. And uh, I have to tell you, it's just too fun because this story is about Paul. <laughs> I know, right? He's always telling stories on me. So it's my turn. So here's a little story. It's just little, but... <laughs> right? So it was probably our first year of marriage, so that was about 17 years ago. And I remember we had gone out for an evening, and um, I'm not even sure where or what, uh, but what I do remember is that we were asked about it the next day. So we had gone over to my mom's house the next day, and my mom asked me about our evening. And I, I went into all the details. I started telling her all the facts, all the particulars of the night. And uh, in my mind, I had just given her an actual, 
factual account of the evening, right? So you can imagine how surprised I was when all of a sudden she asked Paul what was his experience of the night. <laughs> and believe it or not, I was really surprised when he gave a totally different account of the night. I didn't even think that was possible. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm listening and I'm realizing that obviously everything he was saying was true. It was just from his perspective. And so today I am actually going to be giving you my testimony, I believe, through um, Jesus' eyes. So, um, so as I was praying about this, like I said, um, last week I was woke up in the middle of the night. God woke me up. And he said, I work through love. And I recognized that that was him. <laughs> and, um, and I realized that he wanted me to share my testimony uh, from that perspective, from his perspective. And so um, as I began to think over all the things that he's done for me, right, I was totally surprised <laughs> that he was beginning to show me my testimony from his perspective. So uh, let me get started with just letting you know that um, I usually start my testimony with the father called my name when I was 30. But apparently from God's vantage point, it really did all start with my actual 30th birthday. I remember at the time I was living in North Dakota and I was living with a man I was working two to three jobs, like always. I was going to school off and on, and I was making lots of bad choices, left and right. I was continually trying to outrun my past with its pain and wounds and sins. Of course, it never worked, and to be honest, back then, nothing ever worked. Um, as hard as I tried to not be wounded, to not be the unhealthy, emotional mess of a person that I was, I couldn't. Back then, I wore a lot of masks, and I tried to convince myself and others that I was a sound, rational person. I tried counseling, a lot of it, actually, <laughs> but nothing ever seemed to touch my deep issues my inner brokenness. So I learned to pretend and live a lie. In fact, lying became a way of life. I would lie about little things. I would lie about big things, pretty much darn near all things. I'd lie to myself, to my family, and to whichever guy I ended up being with. I was a real mess. So to share a bit of backstory, I was born and raised in Virginia. My parents had six kids, and I'm basically there in the middle somewhere. We were raised with domestic violence and infidelity. I remember often fleeing in the middle of the night with my mom and siblings, trying to escape the nightmare in the home. We had relatives who would often take us in until inevitably we would return and witness the cycle of, of abuse all over again. 
I remember many times cowering in the bedroom, hearing the explosive anger and uh, feeling terrified. It was a living hell. Eventually, I went to live with my mother's parents, and my siblings went to live with other relatives. My grandparents embraced me. They took me in, clothed me, fed me. They sent me to school, took me to church, and uh, prayed for me. It was a season of peace in the midst of all that chaos. I remember being a teenager and being uh, a part of a small church, very much like this one, and hearing about God's love for me. It was a message that touched me deeply, as most of the messages were filled with fire and brimstone. I remember praying the prayer of salvation at 16 and giving my life to the Lord. But my deep wounds, along with countless unmet needs, and a seriously skewed view of myself, God, and others led me to what I've come to call my running years. They began about 18 and involved running from myself and from God and from my family. The relationships in my life were shallow at best. I learned to look the part, perform well, and keep locked away all the hurt, broken places inside of me. Of course, that never worked out so well for me. I'm pretty sure my lock was broken. (laughs) I would ultimately always destroy whatever good thing I had. From there, I'd usually collapse into fear and depression, exhaustion, only to watch as my life would spin out of control all over again. My deep emotional wounds and spiritually oppressive demons would never allow me to enjoy love or life for very long. I was a complete mess. Which brings me back to my 30th birthday. So my mom and stepdad had decided to come visit me for my 30th birthday. And as I mentioned, I was in North Dakota, and so it really was an extraordinary act on their part to travel from Kansas City just for my birthday. To be honest, I braced myself for the usual superficial pleasantries that usually left me feeling emotionally drained and physically exhausted. But this visit was different. When they arrived, they embraced me not only with kind words, but with warm and accepting hearts. For my birthday, my mom had put together a special birthday package just for me. It had 30 small, individually wrapped gifts in it. (laughs) I have to tell you, it was such an extraordinary experience, opening gift after gift, and having each quirky trinket have meaning to her and to me. I was completely overwhelmed by this display of extravagant love that was gushing towards me. And so from God's perspective, this was the beginning of my testimony 
of God's work through love for me. So after they left, um, and because of their love for me, I believe I was finally able to concede that my life was not working and that I needed to do something different. Of course, I had no idea what to do, but I came up with a threefold plan. I decided I would move back to Kansas, where my family was, and that I would get a girl roommate instead of a boy, and that I would start attending church. And so God's work in my life, because of love, had begun. I moved to Kansas, I got a girl roommate, and I sought out a church. Now, if any of you know anything about Kansas City, it's actually pretty big. And the yellow pages are pretty big, too. And I was completely overwhelmed by the pages and pages of churches that were listed in the Kansas City area. And having no idea back then of all the different labels and denomination names, I was at a complete loss. But let me just say how amazingly faithful our God can be, even when we let our fingers do the walking, right? Um, I decided to pick three churches that were closest to my apartment. (laughs) And I set out to visit each one. I have no doubt it was God's mercy that protected me from ending up in a false church or a false religion. I remember visiting each church and finding only one, the third one, having an open door. I went in, met the pastor, and was invited back the following Sunday. It was an E-free church, and they knew Jesus. I was embraced by the pastor and welcomed by the members. I remember going Sunday after Sunday, not knowing anyone, sitting in the pews all alone week after week. I remember crying a lot. My sin, my pain, and my wrong theology all culminating in this extraordinary time and place. I started attending a weekly women's Bible study group and a weekly prayer meeting. A woman named Nancy in the church befriended me. She invited me to her home for cocoa week after week. And I remember sitting in her living room and talking with her about my past, the horrors, the sins. She listened. She offered me grace. And she spoke truth. Her love for Jesus spilled over in love for me. And again, his work through love evidenced to me. At the time, God's word was drawing me in. When I read the scripture, I chose to believe and follow. He called me to stand in the congregation and praise his name. So, all alone, I stood praising his name. 
With no one beside me, I learned to believe his word and take him at his word. God's people soon began to embrace me, and I began to find healing in the body. His love through his people came into my life. He was changing me and healing me from deep within. During this time, I returned to college, as I had many times before. School had always been the safe place for me, and I clung fast to the hope that it would meet my inner needs. But this time, it was different. I went to a Christian college, and the father was now my need meter. He was my provider. I was finally able to finish my degree, and trust me when I tell you, it was a tremendous accomplishment and a true testament to the glory of God in my life. Many of you know that my four-year degree actually took me 12 years. I was such an emotional wreck of a person that I'd only be able to basically keep it together for a year of school and then take three years off. (laughs) And of course, I never had a plan. I never knew what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. Um, I just kept taking classes I liked. And so I remember the day that uh, the counselor on the campus came up and told me that if I took this class and that class, that I would have a biology degree. And I remember telling her, sign me up. I have no doubt, looking back, that God was drawing me, even then, to himself through the perfection and beauty of his science. As the time came for me to graduate, I remember being in the college administrator's office and being approached by someone. I can't remember if it was a male or a female. I believe it was an angel. They asked me um, how I liked my degree. And I told them, I, I love it. But that now that I knew God, I wish I had studied his word. And so they told me about a Bible college in Switzerland that was affiliated with the school. And they told me that it had one, two, and three-year programs. I remember leaving the school that day and returning home I was living with my mom and stepdad at the time. And I remember praying to a God that I didn't know very well. You know, one of those basic, generic religious prayers. Oh God, if you open those doors, I will walk through it. And I remember telling Nancy about it. And then I forgot all about it. As the days moved on, and during that summer, I had completely forgotten about the Bible college and the prayer. For the most part, I was enjoying deeper relationships with my family. I had new friendships and a new sense of belonging to God and to his church. 
It was also the summer that I returned to an old relationship, the one from North Dakota. The relationship was different, as I was different, but still not God's plan for my life. I remember it was August 1998. I was 32 years old, and I was in North Dakota for a visit when suddenly I remembered about the school and the prayer. Um, I was in an absolute panic as I realized that I had never followed up and was completely unaware of any outcomes. I raced back to Kansas City and discovered that I had been accepted to the Bible College and that I had three days to get there. <laughs> right? I was shocked that the monies had come in and all that I had to do was get there. The problem, of course, was I no longer wanted to go. I wanted to hang on to the hope I had of my North Dakota interest. But truly, thanks be to God that I had enough healthy fear of the Lord to choose him over myself. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> I chose Jesus over myself. A friend of mine once told me that we don't create miracles, but that we do experience them. And this was a miracle. I chose Jesus over myself. So I found a surprisingly cheap flight <clears throat> and said goodbye to my family and friends and boarded a plane. Once on the plane, I remember I pulled out my journal and started writing a letter to God. I remember asking him the question, is the man in North Dakota an idol? Now, at the time, it was a sincere question. Today, I know that <laughs> if you're asking that kind of a question, the answer is yes. <laughs> I remember landing in Switzerland and arriving at the Bible College. The school was English-based, <clears throat> but hosted students from all over the world. Many were there to get their seminary degrees, while others like me were there to grow closer to God. It was an interesting mix of people and cultures. It was the first time I realized that God spoke all the languages of the world. Silly, I know, but eye-opening for me. The first day I arrived, I was shown my dorm room. It was a small room in a, on the upper floor of an old building. It had a twin bed and a small desk, and there was a window that opened to the back of the school. I could see uh, a beautiful forest and orchards off in the distance. I decided to walk that gravel path that day around that forest. And as I walked, I, I remember singing praises to God and thanking him for the unbelievableness that here I was in Switzerland at a Bible college with him 
for a whole upcoming year. <clears throat> I remember leaning down and picking up a rock and putting it in the pocket of my jeans. Later that day, I returned to the school and settled into my room. And as the evening moved in and I crawled up in my little bed and due to the jet lag, found myself reading late into the night. I had been reading the Bible through for the first time in my life. And I was in the book of Ezekiel. I remember lying there with my little nightlight and coming up on the passage, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I read, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. I was stunned at what I read. I jumped out of bed. I ran over to my blue jeans, which were hung on the chair. And I reached in to my jean pocket and pulled out the stone that I had picked up earlier that day. And sure enough, it was in the perfect shape of a heart. <laughs> he had done it. And right there in the middle of the night, in the middle of a foreign country, <laughs> my Lord had met me and did for me that which only he could do. I was in awe. His word was true. He gave me a new heart. He gave me a new spirit, his spirit, with the promise to cause me to walk in his ways. I spent the next year immersed in the Holy Spirit's writing of the word of God on my heart. I was also mentored by some of Jesus' closest friends who knew him deeply and personally. I discovered them through the literary works in the college's library. Those include George MacDonald, A.W. Tozer, C.S. Lewis, Soren Kierkegaard, Andrew Murray, Brother Lawrence, Oswald Chambers, Charles Spurgeon, Dallas Willard, just to name a few. Um, their insights into Jesus' love and his ways filled my soul and drew me closer and closer to my loving Savior. It was here 
that I met the person of Jesus and fell in love with him. I experienced his tender heart as he wiped away my tears. He himself, the person of love, took care of my heart problem, delivered me from my sin, and called me into his love, where my every need was met and every wound was healed. And then <clears throat> the strangest thing happened. When I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with people. I believe his testimony to me and to us is that he works through love. His faithfulness to love me through my mom, through his church, and ultimately himself saved, healed, and delivered me. He calls us his love. And we are all called to love. For he works through love. <laughs>